0: This is Dynasty Portfolio Weekly, hosted by Scott Connor. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Portfolio Weekly. If you have not checked out the prior episodes, definitely go back, and give those a watch, like, subscribe the channel, and like everything on Destination Debbie at DestinationDevi.com. both podcast feeds on the Wake Up feed and the Destination Debbie radio feed, and then obviously everything here on YouTube. And in the first show, I talked about what this show is going to be about. It's going to be about things that I'm trying to do with my Dynasty portfolio on a weekly basis. And a lot of times it will be a follow-up from the most recent Destination Dynasty and or questions that we get from the Discord. There's a couple strategy channels in there. If you are part of the Trades in 5 tier or the Heisman tier, you can join at destinationdevy.com if you're interested in those. Uh, We got a really cool question that I wanted to kind of hash out on this week's episode. And I think it is very pertinent as we head into the offseason and as we approach a upcoming 2024 rookie draft that is going to be very, very good at wide receiver. And everyone knows the wide receivers have taken off in Dynasty the last couple of years. We are back to a point where everyone values elite players, but especially elite receivers. And then more importantly, when we get to non-elite players, so we're talking about Just general running back placeholders, mid-tier QBs, tight ends in formats where tight ends don't matter that much. People will gravitate towards the wide receivers. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this topic, and we're going to use this format just to keep it simple for everybody, anybody that plays on Sleeper. If you want to create a Sleeper League, plug it into the War Tool, and you can check out exactly what I'm talking through. By looking at the war tool in a similar format. So it's a 12 team, start 10, 25 man rosters, standard sleeper scoring with PPR. You can plug in any league, create one. It takes two minutes to create a league and then plug it into the war tool and literally go to the three year average and just look at the distribution. So this is the format we're going to talk about. 12 teams, start 10 PPR. We're not talking about any other fancy scoring, no crazy QB scoring, bonuses, no point per carry, no tight end premium, nothing. So we're really going to hone in on a format where receivers are going to matter. And then we're going to look at the war distribution. And we're going to address this question that came in uh, from Uncle Rico in the Discord. Now, he didn't ask about this specific format, but for the video, I wanted to talk about this format because I think it will probably hit home for more listeners because this is closer to what your typical dynasty league is going to be. And his question was basically, when I feel my roster construction is good, so I'm carrying a bunch of extra running backs, any running backs on a 53, I'm carrying backup quarterbacks, and I'll talk about this on the roster construction series if you haven't been following. Check that out on Destination Dynasty that airs every Monday morning, but I'm going through my roster construction series and talking about what it looks like from an optimal standpoint in a lineup league. And again, this is a lineup league. If you're playing in best ball, then it's going to be different. But for a lineup league, I'm probably sitting there saying, I want to carry a ton of backup quarterbacks. I want to have a decent stable of running backs, guys that I think could be ones with roles next year. And then I probably don't want to carry more than two tight ends. That's always been my rule. Two tight ends. I don't want to really carry anymore, especially in leagues where the premium is not enough, where the market is going to change because of tight ends. See the last couple episodes where I actually touch on that topic a little more. But then I get to how many receivers do I carry? More importantly, if I don't have enough receivers or if I have enough receivers, but I have rookie picks that are likely going to turn into receivers. And it's interesting if you look at mock draft database right now, you will see that they have mocked five receivers in the first round, And then they have another five receivers going in the first 10 picks of the second round. So think about that. 10 receivers in the top 42 picks. Now, whether they're good or not, whether you like their profiles, whether you like their landing spots, it doesn't matter. That's going to be a huge number of receivers jumping into the player pool. And it's going to kind of disrupt some of the values of some of the veterans to where you're going to get questions of... Who do I value more, the wide receiver four in this class or do I value the wide receiver 23 in Dynasty? Nico Collins, right? Do I value Nico Collins or a rookie that I could potentially draft with one of those picks? And you're going to get a ton of questions. And it's not lazy analysis, but it's very easy just to say, well, I like Nico Collins, I like T. Higgins, I like Drake London, but I'm also tempted by, man, I could draft Xavier Worthy. You know, I could draft a Emeka Agbuka. I could draft Roma Dunze. Now, they could become, and a lot of people will say, they could just become, hey, another T. Higgins, another Nico Collins. But you can also tell their story how they become the next Garrett Wilson. They become the next CeeDee Lamb. And you're going, man, I wish I would have taken that re-roll for a guy that's probably stuck in this dead zone. And that's what this question is. It's basically, what do I do with those rookie picks, especially the rookie picks where I can say, are probably going to be outside of the top five, outside of the top six. So I'm not going to get my choice of the elite QBs. I'm probably not going to get one of the top three QBs off the board. I'm probably not going to get Brock Bowers. Now, I'd argue in this format, I don't even want Brock Bowers. So we're just going to omit him because I'm talking about this specific format, 12 teams start 10 PPR only. So let's forget about him. But let's also assume that I'm out of the mix for the top three QBs. And if we had to say right now, there's probably three QBs that most people are going to say are going to get draft capital and are going to be very coveted by the dynasty community. Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Caleb Williams. So I'm out of the sweepstakes for those. The running back class is weak. I probably don't want to draft a running back in the first round of a dynasty draft unless they get really good draft capital and the player's in a landing spot where I just can't pass it up. So I think there's going to be a lot of debate. This wide receiver two slash low three range in dynasty. And I'll talk about who that means right now versus some of the mid to late first round picks this year, which the majority of them are going to be wide receivers. And so that's what this topic is going to be about. How do I juggle my roster ship of those receivers? How do I juggle how many picks I make in that range? Do I trade out for future picks? Do I trade down in the same tier? Do I want to hedge my bets with those receivers that are in that range? Because this is before landing spots. You're probably going to have to make a lot of these decisions before you're on the clock. Someone's may send you a random offer where they offer you T. Higgins for the 107. And you're sitting there going, how do I analyze that? I'm not quite sure what I'm going to get at the 107 but I also know I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a chance to draft the wide receiver three, the wide receiver four. And I already know that's probably going to be a player that goes in the mid first round of the NFL draft. And it just depends on what profiles I like, what landing spots I like, et cetera. So if you go in and run the war, so you've created your league on sleeper, name it, whatever you want, enter your username, and then select that league, run the war, hit calculate, expand it to weeks one through 17, hit calculate, and then select the three-year average war. So you can see the distribution of this range that I'm talking about for the last three years. And it usually runs right around in this range every single year. This is using a three-year average so you can distinctly see kind of where the flat curve begins. And it's usually right around, let's say, wide receiver 10 and it runs all the way to, say, wide receiver 30. And I'm just picking that range because it's very easy to look at. But if you want to even go a little bit higher up on the scale, wide receiver 25. So let's use 10 through 25, because I think that is probably the sweet spot range uh, of where these picks are going to be worth. And we're going to look at keep trade cut here in just a second. But you go from wide receiver 10, so a historic war of 2.14. And keep in mind, War is only captured if the player's in your lineup, but the other important thing is looking at war in this range, these are likely the receivers that are always going to be in your lineup, right? These are guys are high enough on the totem pole to where if you look at the names in this range, so we'll look at the war numbers, then we'll look at the players on keep trade cut in this same range. So wide receiver 10 through 25 on keep trade cut. Almost always, if you're rostering these guys, they are in your starting lineup. And there's going to be some exceptions where you're going to go, man, I just can't start Drake London anymore. I can't start T. Higgins with Jake Browning. Like we get those circumstances, but generally these players are locked in your lineup. So we're not talking about, I'm not sure when to start them. I really don't know if I'm going to capture all this war. Pretty much if you're rostering these guys and they are one of your core threshold receivers, they are in your lineup every single week. So this is true realized war in this range. And it runs from, if you use wide receiver 25 to wide receiver 11. So all the way in that range, you're looking at war from 1.05 to 2.03. So between one and two wins in this range of wide receiver. So we're going 10 through 25. Now, when you check, keep trade cut, 10 through 25 right now, Brandon Ayuk, Devontae Smith, Puka Nakua. Tank Dell. Sucks that he got injured, but uh, you know what happens. So he'll move down, but anyway, he's wide receiver 14 right now. Jordan Addison, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers. Stefan Diggs is in there. He's a veteran. Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, T. Higgins, Drake London, Nico Collins, and then a couple older guys, Debo Samuel and Keenan Allen. So right there, I just named some productive guys, but mostly I named typical wide receiver twos that people would say in Dynasty are not elite. But man, if I have any of those names, Devontae Smith, Jordan Addison, DK Metcalf, Zay Flowers, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, Nico Collins, T. Higgins, I'm just starting them every week. Now, do they have the upside of some of the guys that are in the top six, top eight? No. And the war says that they don't either. If you look at the receivers in that range, you're talking about receivers that are above three war. Once you get to that wide receiver five, six, and above. So they're not on the same planet as those guys, but they're in your lineup every week. And then right in this mix, if you go to keep trade cut and look at the wide receiver rankings and you filter out quarterback, tight end and running back, you will see how the wide receivers are valued compared to the draft picks. So an early 24 first, again, remember I said, you're not going to get probably one of the elite quarterbacks or the wide receiver one or wide receiver two in the class. So right there, an early first That is valued between wide receiver six and seven. So we're talking below that. So we're talking mid first, the early 25 first. So we don't really know much about the 25 first, but we know it could be a top five pick or better that's thrown right in between wide receiver 12 and 13, the mid first right there between wide receiver 18 and 19. So between Zay flowers and Michael Pittman. So that tells me that the, whoever the wide receiver two, three, four in this class is probably going to be right there in that range, wide receiver 15 to 20 ish. So whoever that is, Malik Neighbors, Keon Colin, Roma Dunze, Akmeka Gbuka, Xavier Worthy, whoever the names are, they're probably going to start off right into that range. And then slightly below that, you have the guys like Pittman, Moore, Higgins, Drake London, Nico Collins. Boom right after 23, wide receiver 23, Nico Collins, you have a late 24 first. So that just says that the mid to late 24 first, so let's call it 105 and below all the way down to 112 is right there in this receiver range. So it's a fair debate. Now here's how I'm treating it from a portfolio perspective. Knowing the war, the first thing I'm going to prioritize in here is not having too many of either side or either numbers of these picks or players in this range. So I'm truly going to treat this as if I have a ton of a receiver that is in this range, I'd opt to go the other way. So looking at my personal portfolio, I have Brandon Ayuk in nine leagues. That is my second highest rostered receiver. So there might be a team or two where I'm going to look and say, you know what? I'm willing to trade Brandon Ayuk. Now, given that he's at the very top of that totem pole, maybe I try to do a deal where I add to Brandon Ayuk to get myself a top three pick, top four pick. Now, it might not be possible, but I can at least try it probably with him because he's at the higher end of that tier. I might also be able to go downwards. Hey, someone really likes Brandon Ayuk. I will take a mid to late first, but what else can you give me on top of that? But from a portfolio perspective, understanding the war in this range, especially understanding that all the receivers in this range, because the way we price some of the younger receivers, guys like Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, once they hit, they don't stay in this range. They go above it. They actually become valued higher than this tier, meaning someone will not give them up unless it's an early first. Whereas a lot of the guys in this range are third, fourth year players. Now, there's a couple rookies in there, but majority of these guys are good, solid performers, but they're in their third or fourth year or they're guys that were really high up and they've disappointed a little bit. Somebody like Drake London, for instance. But generally, you don't find the players where you go, man, the ceiling is massive on these guys. So they stay in this range and they generally don't leave this range. But once they've shown they can produce in this range, guys like DJ Moore... They don't leave DJ Moore, Michael Pittman. It's probably pretty fair to say that barring injury, they're in this range for the next couple years. And that's where the question came in from uncle Rico was, do I want to buy some of those guys? So on the contrary, if I go into this next off season and I go, wow, I have a bunch of picks between 108 and 112, I'm actually okay. Going through and shopping for some of the receivers that I think I can buy for those in the ranges of players that I do not have. Now, am I going to be able to buy Brandon Ayuk for the 111? Probably not. Am I going to be able to sell DJ Moore for the 105? Probably not. But there's a compromise in there, right? So I'm looking at this as this is a prime window where I'm just going to say this. The picks matter in this range because of how the market's going to treat them. The receivers matter in this range a lot because we know they produce war. Even if you're getting wide receiver 16 value, you're still probably getting one and a half war from that player if you just start him. You start Michael Pittman, you start DJ Moore, they're giving you good war for the season. They're locked into your lineup. So I want to have more of those guys, and I think it's a very viable strategy, and this is kind of where Uncle Rico's question came in, is, is it a viable strategy to go through and look at your picks and say, should I be targeting getting out of these picks because I don't want to take the risk that Roma Dunze is the next Sky Moore or Keon Coleman is the next Quentin Johnston. Like there is that risk, right? But I don't really look at it as there's that risk because there's also the reward that Roma Dunze is, you know, the next pick pick the next receiver that's awesome. He's the next CD lamb. And I'm not even comparing them as players, but the point is there's a chance that they are a tier above. That's the reason why they're valued in this range. There's a little bit of hedge on the outcome. They could be a bust. They could be a boom where they rise immediately above this range that we're always talking about. So I think it's a viable strategy to take some of these late picks and go in and target the receivers that are in this range that you may not have a lot of shares of. And do your own list. We have a Trinity tracker on Destination Devi that's the best wide receiver evaluation resource out there. And you can also cross reference Keep Trade Cut with the Trinity data. So do that. And it literally is a roadmap as to how to navigate this range. You can see who might be a little undervalued. You can also see who might be overvalued. So if you want to take an under and overvalued perspective on these guys, that's fine too. Create your own list of who you would call this tier two, tier three receiver range and go and attack that. But the point of this video was to talk about this is a viable range. This is a range where people will say, and even I've said it before, these guys quote unquote don't matter. In terms of whether they matter which ones you have, they don't. The war is very similar. What does matter is that you have market value. You have players or picks in this range. This is the most transacted range. In Dynasty, when you're talking receivers, this is where the most questions that we get come from. It's really easy to answer a question about Jamar Chase, about CeeDee Lamb. It's also very easy to answer a question about KJ Osborne or about Curtis Samuel. Nobody really cares on those guys. Everybody pretty much knows what it takes to get the elite, elite guys. You either have the certain high-end assets to do it or you don't but the real nuanced range is this range of receivers. And in this class, it's going to be the mid to late first round picks. And this is a range I want to have assets in. I want to be active in this market during the off season. So from a portfolio perspective, what I do is I will go through and I will make a list who is in this range for me. Maybe there's some that I don't agree with keep trade caught on. Maybe there's some where I will omit. Maybe there's a couple that I will push a little higher because of their market perception. Some I may push out, but I'll come up with my list and I'll probably use the Trinity tracker to do that. I'll come up with my list. Then I will take an inventory of which draft picks I have in this range. And then I'll go and say, you know what? I'm fine kind of balancing out my ownership, meaning I want to leave the rookie drafts with 10% of Roma Dunze maybe 8% of Keon Coleman. I, like I want to have shares of those guys. I don't want to say I don't believe in this. Now, we can narrow that down as we get closer. We see the landing spots. We see more in-depth profiles on some of these guys. That's fine. But the idea is I want to be in this range. And there's going to be some leagues where, hey, I can go and buy a certain receiver in that range of players that I like, and I don't have a lot of shares of those. I'll do it. There will be others where I say, you know what, this might be a league. And sometimes the war can tell you which leagues' quarterbacks are more valuable, which leagues' running backs are more valuable. So if you're in those, make those adjustments. Maybe those are the ones where you say, you know what, I really like Michael Pittman, but this is a heavy quarterback scoring point per carry league. This might be the league where I'm going to hedge a share out of Michael Pittman. And if I can still get this range, because generally people don't adjust big enough in terms of what their scoring format is. So they'll still do a deal like that. They'll still give you a mid to late first for a guy like Pittman, even in a heavy QB scoring point per carry league. And that might be the league where you want to hedge. But the idea is I want to have probably 10% or more of the players in this range, but I don't want to go hog wild and say, man, I am all in on Brandon Ayuk. Let me get as much Brandon Ayuk as I can. Let me ignore T Higgins. Don't want any of him. Because generally, they're going to be in the same range. They're going to give you the same type of war for the season. So it's a very interesting topic. I do think if you're scared of making draft picks or your draft pick market in your league is really ripe, that's the league where you go try to sell the picks. Vice versa, if everybody is after the veterans and you can sell some of the veteran receivers that are in this range, you can sell Nico Collins for a mid first. Most leagues, he probably wouldn't go for that but someone may say, you know what? I believe in him. I'll give you a mid first. That's the league where you can now turn Nico Collins into the wide receiver three. In another league, he might be the wide receiver six. So there you go. That's how I'm playing this range. I do think this is a very important range to focus on. As I said earlier in the video, just because there's a lot of valuable assets And when you run the war in just a standard league, it's very important to have live assets in this range, whether that be draft picks or whether that be players. And it's an important place where you can balance your portfolio to kind of hedge your bets because we know they're all going to matter, but you never know when you hit on the one that drastically increases their value. And then you're like, you know what? I'm glad I have some exposure there because we also know that there's going to be players, both rookies, and veterans in this range that at some point the market is going to see slightly higher than where they are right now. Look at the rise that you've seen from Michael Pittman this year. He would have been slightly below this going into the year. Boom. All it's taken is a decent season with a backup QB, and now he's near the top of it. So in that case, you can even pivot down from some of the higher end guys like Pittman or Brandon Ayuk, who's now at wide receiver 10. I mean, really? Is there a big difference between Brandon Ayuk and DJ Moore? other than maybe some excitement for what Brandon IU could become. And you probably hope he has, I don't know, a career similar to DJ Moore. But there's some, some some room to pivot from receivers because there's such demand for almost everybody in this range. So let me know your thoughts on this. I think this is a cool exercise to go through if you have a portfolio. Take some time, make your list, track your draft picks. It'll only take you an hour or so. And then come back with any thoughts on how to navigate this more. So thank you, Uncle Rico, for the question. If you want to get in the access to the Discord, join on Uh The Trades in 5 tier on there gives you access to pretty much everything, including the bonus content that comes out every week in the Discord. And then also the Dynasty Strategy channels in there where we talk about stuff like this on a daily basis. Uh, as always, give the channel a follow, like, send comments that you uh, want to hear about. Going forward with different topics, and I'll be happy to address those if I see them. And then, of course, subscribe to everything on the channel along with the podcast feed on Destination Devi and Wake Up with Raji. So with that, good luck with some of your portfolio moves throughout the rest of the season. Be Remember to get your roster construction as close to optimal before things lock for the offseason. You have four weeks to do that, so pay attention to that, especially if your team is out of it. What else are you doing? For the next four weeks, assuming that there's a trade deadline or you've already kind of traded away, which you can uh, work on your roster construction. So check out the roster construction series for that. And I will go ahead and sign off for the week. Be chill, everyone.